Hey sluts, make sure you listen to the end of this episode because you will be getting a free teaser of a very erotic article from readaroar.com. Welcome back to the Sletrepreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Anna D, aka The Professional Goddess, here to empower women to build their own empire and interview sluts who like to make money. On my podcast, I give you a peek inside my life as a girl boss, mentor, retired cam girl, viral TikToker, and now 1% OnlyFans creator. I share my ups and downs of running a multi-million dollar business and the difficult yet sexy path to success. So, my dear sludgepreneurs and my boss bitches in training, grab your notebooks, put on your crown, and if you're a new listener, it's an honor to have you here. Get ready to take a peek inside my pleasure chest. In today's episode, we will be talking to Carly Pfeiffer. She is the founder and editor-in-chief of Aurora, a writer with a history of exploring taboo topics, including sex and sobriety, abortion, abusive relationships, and of course, real erotica. Carly has created an accessible digital magazine for the new dawn of sex positivity called Aurora. And the stories on Aurora are confessional, submitted by people from all over the world sharing their most intimate sex story times. So today we will be discussing Carly's journey into the sex space and how we can represent all non-mainstream experiences. So let's welcome this lovely slutpreneur to the show. Hi Carly, thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to talk to you. I was just looking at this, I guess, you do you call it an online magazine? Yeah, you know, people call it what they want. It's a blog, it's a magazine, it's a platform, whatever you like. Well, I was just browsing the teasers and there is this sexy bitch co- like covered in saran wrap. <laughs> oh, yeah. Caught my eye to start. I was like, whoa, this shit's serious. It's not just some... <laughs> you know, let's talk about masturbation. Like let's, there's some kinky shit on here. Mm, Yeah, there is some kinky stuff. It's my favorite when I get a kinky story because I know that the trust to like share those things are, you know, it requires even more. And actually that photo is submitted by the writer of that story. So it's also one that she took, which is pretty cool. It's funny, like, you become pretty close to your writers when this is the subject matter. So I've actually had drinks with that person. They're amazing. It's a fun job, you know? That's funny you say that. I just posted a TikTok recently and the sound was someone just like confessing some deep, dark shit. And it was like, when you just have that energy where people just (laughs) project like all of their deepest, darkest secrets on you. And I've, I don't know, I kind of, I love that about myself. Like anytime someone kind of, it doesn't have to always be like trauma dumping, but it usually has to do with sex and sexual experiences. So I, I feel like there's a purpose when you have Mm. that for other people. And I think like, I'm curious where you found your purpose that propelled you to create a roar and like staking your claim in the virtual erotica space. Cause some of us get a little like, am am I an expert? Like, should I be doing this? (laughs) You said so many important things there. One is like, yeah, I'm definitely also a person that people feel really comfortable talking about sex to. And I don't totally know what it is, but what I hear a lot is that I'm not judgmental. And So I think people can tell me kind of crazy shit and I'm never going to give them a look that makes them feel uncomfortable or, you know, I'm really open and curious about people's lives, especially their sex lives. So I think there's just, you know, you give an open vibe and people want to share with you. Yeah, I don't call myself an expert, um, especially not a relationship expert. I have fucked up so many relationships in my <laughs> life. Um, so I feel like anyone calling themselves an expert is a sham, you know, like if other people want to call me an erotica expert, sure. Mm-hmm. I am definitely a sex writing expert. But yeah, it's been a interesting journey. And one thing that I remembered as you were 
talking about the openness and stuff is I initially when I moved to New York City, when I was in my early 20s, I had an internship at a magazine called nerve.com, which was like a sex dating pop culture online magazine. And they also had a online dating kind of thing on their website. This was like before Mm -hmm. apps. This was a long time ago. It was when online dating was still kind of avant-garde you know Mm -hmm, like match.com was still like a weird thing (laughs) yeah match.com was the main thing and then everything else was like craigslist ads um i used to do a series called talking to strangers and it was literally going to bars and trying to strike up conversations with random people asking them about their sex lives and you know getting them to let me record them and yeah I was weirdly good at that um because I I you know I'm not judgmental and I also have no shame like asking people really weird questions like do you poop with the door open or closed when your partner's (laughs) around (laughs) I don't know Wait, that's a very important question, though. I feel like pooping habits in a relationship kind of can define a relationship. (laughs) Dude, totally. And like, people are very strange with that kind of stuff. Everyone's different. Mm -hmm. Like I talked to a friend who's been married for probably six years now, but she's been with this person for like 10 plus years and never farted in front of them. And I'm like, what? (laughs) How do you exist? No, that that's an interesting thing. I've I've had that conversation with my partner because I I really try my best to literally go somewhere else if I know it's gonna be one that's just gonna, you know, gonna tear the house up. And I'm like, look, we've shared everything. Like I feel like I need to keep like one thing that keeps me sexy. Mm, I see that. I totally see that. I don't have boundaries like that though. I am a boundaryless. <laughs> woman (laughs) wild woman but I love that you mentioned that you were kind of I don't know if you were given that opportunity to go to the bars or if that was your idea but a lot of us aren't really immersed in creative situations like that so we never really get to experience whether we're good or we find, find joy in a career like that which I find really interesting because I myself am someone who's known for well selling weird things on the internet like you know panties and it gets weird to like Q-tips and stuff and people get so, so like so many questions and then it becomes again, like we're just truth bombing each other. And there's this like beauty in that. And so I relate to that. And I think that's super cool. And the one thing I miss about drinking is talking to strangers about that stuff, because I don't know, there's this like serendipity of of meeting Mm -hmm. people and just kind of vomiting who you are and just owning it. So I wanted to to mention you have on the website the submit area where if our listeners do decide they do want to submit something sexy. But I find this page so beautiful because you mention these five things. uh, Let's see, never written something before. Don't worry, we hadn't either. So you have guidelines for the submissions and their truth, consent, names, story, and length. And I just thought that was really kind of nice before someone kind of shares their truth. So how did you come up with these guidelines? Yeah, that's a good question. So the way I started Aurora, the very first story was mine, of course. And this is a very roundabout way of answering this question. But Relating back to what we were saying, it was actually I had taken a trip and decided to interview people about sex and dating in their culture. And I was traveling and having these really intimate conversations and recording them. And we ended up like having sex because we got to this really vulnerable, deep place very quickly. And, you know, um, I wanted to share those stories and I didn't know where to put them. So that's kind of how I created the space for them. I created a space for the content that I wanted to consume. And Mm. um, so when I was writing initially, I wasn't thinking that much about who else would be writing. But as I felt that I needed to write more stories for the site, I was kind of digging back into my personal history and, you know, thinking about relationships and moments that I felt were worthy of sharing. And 
as I was doing it, it was honestly such a cathartic and just healing process to go back and remember fondly um, moments that you shared with, you know, people that you had relationships with and also like people that you don't really know their name and like whatever. It was a special memorable moment for whatever reason. And I wanted to create guidelines for people to, you know, be able to enter the space with having some barriers because I think the hardest thing is like, how do I choose the story that I want to tell? So I knew that I wanted people to share true stories because that's the kind of stuff that gets me turned on. I don't really like fictional, anything that feels unbelievable really takes me out of the moment. And I'm like, eh. and the moment I'm mm-hmm. like, eh, then I like, lose my girl boner. I'm like, well, whatever. So there's definitely a voyeur in me, right? But yeah, so I wanted people to have these barriers. And I also wanted to, you know, to the extent that I can um, protect other people from, you know, bad information. So like, rape fantasies are a really big thing. But I wanted it to you know, be clear that these are consensual things that are happening. Consensual non-consent is a big thing that a few people have written about on this site. And I feel that the stories are, you know, exciting and can turn you on, but they're also really educational. And with providing these types of scripts, like I wanted to be uh, mindful of who was reading them and what they were taking away from that. So there's that. And then there's, you know, changing the names of people that you're writing about. All of our stories are meant to be positive so there's no like dragging people and but yeah still to protect people's identities you got to change the names and other details like that I do encourage consent from people that you're writing about as well you know obviously these are your stories to tell but you still want to respect the relationship that you had and the person that it's with so yeah and then in terms of length I feel like there's kind of a sweet spot where it's like not too long but not too short you know well at the end of length it says no pitches please we only consider full stories and yes we pay So explain what that means. So pitches, I think, are really difficult to filter through in terms of erotica. You know, like you can tell me that you have an amazing story about this threesome you had at the bar, two women, whatever. But I don't know how you're going to tell that story until I read it. And I think that I, of course, when I started as a writer, I knew that I had to pay my writers. I wanted to pay writers. But the difference of like pitching a magazine and then going out and writing the story versus sending a full submission is the process of writing these stories is, in my opinion, a gift to the writer as much as it is to a reader, if not more, honestly. And I do work one-on-one with all of the writers. So going through edits, um, the edits aren't usually like, you know, change this to a semicolon or, you know, change Mm -hmm. this sentence structure, but more like, how did that make you feel? Like, what's the background between you and this person? And describe your body, like really guiding people to go deeper. So the process of writing for Aurora is a really beautiful thing. And we actually do hold writing workshops. Um, We haven't in a little while. We're taking kind of a post-pandemic break because we're doing them a ton during the pandemic online. But it's a really beautiful community and like people sharing and doing peer edits and encouraging others. But yeah, it's a experience that I highly recommend and not just because it's my thing, but I've really, I've seen people really heal and grow through writing these stories. And also like, for example, you know, it's not like a content farm. I'm not assigning content because they're real stories. And Mm -hmm. sometimes people are writing them and they're like, you know, we're going through the edits and they're like, you know what? I can't write this right now because something happened with this person, this relationship. And it's like, it's too tender. I can't like go any further. And then, you know, we have to put that on the back burner and maybe we revisit it. Maybe we don't. We had a audio recently from this Scottish guy who had gotten in touch with me and he had this long distance lover and they wrote this audio together and then he read it and it was so fucking good and then I got this Mm -hmm. email from him in the middle of the night and it was like I'm sorry like 
you can't publish this. We just broke up and like, I don't want to do this anymore. And I was like, oh my God, no, (laughs) because it was so good. And so for the next couple of weeks, you know, I delicately, but I had to like push him a little bit because it was such a beautiful piece of work that it felt like such a shame to go to waste. I really wanted him to share it. And I asked, you know, like maybe ask her what she wants. Like maybe this is a beautiful memorial to what you two had and what you shared. And, you know, in the end, he did let me share it. And I was so happy. But yeah, it's such a precarious type of work that I do, you know, like you're dealing with a lot of emotions and a lot of personalities and just like, you never know. No, I I can only imagine anything where you have submissions. It's giving me like, what is it? I've been on Reddit recently. There's a subreddit. I don't know exactly the name of it, but it's, it's like sex submissions, kind of similar vibes. But you know, with Reddit moderation, it's just all over the place. It's a very messy meal. You know, I feel like this is very refined and safe. And like you said, you're going through it and taking your time to go as deep, like just saying, like, I want to know not just what you look like, but what you feel like, like all those little things really make a great story. But if, if you're receiving hundreds, if not thousands of submissions over time. I'm kind of curious, what submission do you get the most that feels similar to a lot? Like, do you feel get something that's kind of a little mundane in a way that you're like, oh, you know, we've published this a 100 times, or this is just isn't interesting? Yeah, it's the submissions that go right into sex that don't develop the relationships. Because I mean, and I'm speaking for myself, but I do think that a lot of women agree that like the the lack of storyline in a lot of pornography like it doesn't get you to the place you want to be at by the time people are having sex. So I always ask writers, like, why do we want these people to have sex? Like, why are we invested in them having sex? Otherwise, they're just two people having sex. There's nothing interesting about that. Everybody does it. So you really kind of need to develop the relationships and the individual characters enough so that, you know, by the time things are getting sexy, we're like, yeah, I like really want to see these two fuck. Yeah, I do get a lot of submissions that are just sex or, you know, not to like shit on straight men, but like most of our stories, except for one on this site, are all written by women or queer people. Um, We have one story on the site by a cis straight guy, and it's about like how horny he is for his wife after she just had a new baby and like how he wants to have sex, but it's like they're like dealing with this newborn. And it's a really beautiful story, and it, it comes at sex from an angle that I don't think we usually get, you know, which is like postpartum bodies are typically not thought of as sexy. And to have this unique entry point to their and very personal moment that they're sharing after giving birth, I think it's so beautiful. So it's like, those are the stories that I want the stories that Mm. tell a new story about sex, not the same old, like the cliche porn stuff, like pool boy, pizza delivery. There's that in erotica as well. And like romance genre, if you think about like the rescuing of women or the really rich guy, like Fifty Shades of Grey type stuff. So there's none of that. But I do think a lot of the submissions, you know, they miss the mark a little bit because they don't know exactly what Aurora is and what Aurora is looking for. And I really wanted Aurora to speak to modern women who, you know, care about good writing want to read something that's smart, um, but also like sex and like sexy scenes and want their writing a little dirty too. There's so many things I love about that, especially with the postpartum story, because there's so much about sex that we don't talk about that isn't normal. And just that feeling that the husband is having, like every man probably has a feeling towards sex pre and post baby, but it's just not something we talk about because maybe it's not sexy, like to the norm. But I love that this is a space where I think that voyeurism comes into play that interest of, oh, I didn't even know this was on my pleasure spectrum. And just by kind of presenting yourself with new scenarios, and not just looking at them like porn, but reading them, I think that does something differently to your brain, like while when you're digesting a story, 
in that way. And then it goes right back to what you said about foreplay, because if you are just reading and processing this information, it's almost like you are, um, it's like when you're talking to a guy for the first time and you haven't had sex yet, but you have like these emotions and feelings that are like magic and sparkly in a way that feel almost even better than sex, you know? So I think that's incredible. And I think it's pretty well known that women do you know, foreplay is much of a necessary to get the fluids going and to get our mind in the place to get prepared for an orgasm. And I, I believe there's a lot of young people who've probably never even tried reading erotica. Because again, it's just not something that like, you know, in sex education, they're like, maybe you should try reading a a book before (laughs) having sex. Like, they don't even say that. So why do you think we should read more erotica and especially people who are finding their sexuality? How could that benefit their newfound sexual experiences? I'm so glad you brought this up. It is so much different than experiencing pornography, like because of all that buildup. And like you said, that sometimes that's better than sex. I 100% agree that anticipation and that desire and wanting longing, that is what I live for. And sex is great. Sex is good. And when you finally do have sex, it's great. But like the the anticipation is where it's at. And I think that's kind of what erotica is all about is this like slow unfolding, unraveling and like finally getting there. And instead of being shown these really graphic images that, you know, your brain processes as direct, it's like, this is the imagery, that's what it is. With erotica, you're building all of that in your imagination. And that's a really powerful exercise for other imagination um, doings. If you are masturbating, I know a lot of people use their imagination. I often think on past encounters. So by building your imagination through reading erotica, you're giving yourself even more stuff to kind of throw in there. And yeah, you're just able to be so much more creative. And then there's the more practical side as well. Like, you know, a lot of people do use porn as a type of sex education or how to do certain acts. But I think visually, you know, witnessing that on the screen is a lot different than reading kind of the play by play of how to give someone pleasure. And especially because the stories are, except for the one we mentioned, like all written by women or queer people, you're getting a really different approach to pleasure than typically in pornography you're getting. Like, obviously, there is great porn out there made by women for women. Mm -hmm. But a lot of the porn that people see is not and it's not putting women's pleasure at the forefront. And so um, I love telling this story. But my boyfriend when we first started dating was right when I launched Aurora. And like one night (laughs) we're hooking up and he was like doing these moves on me. And then I started to kind of like piece together in my head. And I was like, are you doing this week's story on me? (laughs) And he was like, yeah. And it was a story of a lesbian couple and like I'm like amazing that this straight guy is like taking this story written by a woman about pleasuring another woman and like actually putting that into motion and it was amazing and it really showed me that there's so there's such like a real world practicality to put this stuff to use like and I think about this a lot too, because the site is for women and the queer community really is, but the people that would benefit the most from it are straight men because they have so much to learn. And this is really just like telling you what women want, like from women to, you know, put into motion. So yeah, it's pretty funny. I'm so glad that I discovered erotica at a young age. I like someone handed me a Jackie Collins book, which was like, you know, not progressive type stuff. But like, I learned really early on that reading about sex was something I enjoyed a lot. If you haven't tried it, I highly recommend it. It's just a totally different, slower burn, something you can really linger in. 
Oh, a slow burn. That sounds so delicious. I <laughs> I just, I couldn't agree more. I think even myself doing these podcast episodes, there was someone I interviewed who does pompoir and it's how you can like milk a cock with your pussy and really mm. like use your vag muscles and twisting and turning and all these different ways to like Ooh. massage a cock. And I'm just like, holy shit, I'm digesting this information from an educational perspective and then going into the bedroom, my brain has processed this information so much more. Like I couldn't watch porn and learn that, you mm-hmm. know? And now like sex is a whole different experience for me. And I'm still as as much as like, I like we talked about the term expert. Like I'm more of just an experienced-based teacher. Mm-hmm. But by talking to people about it and then experiencing it and learning and teaching, it's so beautiful because I still am not one to really actively educate myself about sex. I'm really just kind of rolling with what's presented in front of me. So I'm interested if I'm in a relationship where, you know, this this website's piquing my interest and I want to share it with my partner. How do I really propose this idea like okay, let's get on the couch. I'm going to put the laptop up and we're just going to read this together. Like how do you make it sexy to someone who maybe doesn't feel sexy wanting to embrace something like this with their partner. I recommend reading it to your partner out loud as like an initial kind of entryway because then you get to, you know, use your own voice to kind of turn them on and make it more personal and about you two. I also think, you know, with consent and understanding this is something you're going to explore, like sending over a story and being like, I just read this. It's so hot. And I think we should try this later. Like, would this be something that you're interested in? You know, so there's a lot of opportunity to make it really personal. And I think also for people that I think when you're looking to spice things up, it's often like, okay, like maybe we should watch porn together. And I think that that can be difficult for women because it's like, okay, we're looking at some women in porn don't always look like they're having a good time or like the body types that you're being shown are not really normal or accessible. Um, So I think the beautiful thing too, back to the like imagination part of erotica is like, you're each using your imaginations here. You're not like comparing yourself to a a visual that is something that is not really accessible to you. But I think that, yeah, it could be really hot to do as a couple. And um, it is something I mean, like I use my boyfriend for a lot of stuff. Like we started doing audio and I made him voice one of the audios. So like, there's a lot of like fun things you can do together. You can write a story together, you know, let it inspire you. I think that there's a lot, a lot that can be done as a couple on a roar. I love that. And even just shooting him a text like if if bringing it up in person is too like awkward just being like oh my god this turned me on I want you to read it like what was your favorite part or we have to try this tonight are you down sort of thing is very nonchalant (laughs) I'm wondering what your thoughts are on Fifty Shades of Grey because I totally read the book I I didn't hate it there were some chapters where I, I really couldn't put the book down in the movie just it, it almost made me angry. It disappointed me so much. I just hated it. So I'm curious from your erotica perspective, how would you review a book like that? And does it does it really earn a, a award in the erotica space? Or is it kind of like a cheesy version of what you know, I don't I don't know, which what's your thoughts on it? Yeah, so I can speak to specifically because I actually didn't read the books. And I kind of feel like I should because I'm now in this space. But I will say it is a very different space that I think that they classify Fifty Shades as a romance novel and romance novels require that there's a happy ending. And I think that that is always something that like going back to the if anything's unbelievable, like I'm out. So for me, the problem I did watch the movies and I know a little bit about um, the storyline, obviously, because who doesn't? 
But yeah, it's just like, I can totally relate to the allure of this super rich guy, like swooping in and like being obsessed with me and like buying me all this stuff. And then like, you know, rough play, like I'm into all of that. And I think it's a powerful thing how this book infiltrated like the masses and that so many women were interested in this. It's like, okay, like there's a different type of sex that I could be having. Um, I think that the the bigger conversation around Fifty Shades is like from the BDSM community that like there's not necessarily uh, some of the more like rule-oriented stuff that is important to keep everyone safe that doesn't really happen in Fifty Shades. That's at least like my understanding that I think they have like safe words and stuff, but the woman is often kind of coerced or feels like she has to do this stuff because that's what he wants and it's not really what mm-hmm. she wants. But recently to, you know, kind of switch the conversation, I read a book, which is like number one bestseller um, called It Ends With Us. Have you heard of this book? It's also a romance novel and they're making it into a movie. And I felt like, okay, this is really like being talked about right now. So I want to read it. And it's actually about um, a woman whose father was abusive to her mother. And then she ends up with this guy who's like, oh my God, spoiler alert, by the way. No, don't give me don't give me the spoil because I'm adding this in my cart right now. <laughs> so is this by Colleen Hoover? Colleen Hoover, yeah. But what I will say is I find this book to be pretty problematic. And oh, really? Okay. Should I? Okay. Should I remove it from the cart? <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Let me tell you something that's not a spoiler about it that I really, really noticed is that the sex scenes, there's a lot of sex in it, but they never are explicit. So they never name like the parts of the body that are being touched or they never describe the actual emotions. Mm, I don't, I don't want this then. <laughs> I don't want it <laughs> removed from cart. <laughs> This feels so indicative of the way that women are still socialized to be uncomfortable with their bodies and to not really you know, ask for what they want during sex. So it's like, it's a book about romance and sex, but without the realities of sex. And like, I just find that so weird because in Aurora stories, it's like cock, pussy, clit, like this stuff is the stuff that you're, you know, working with. You got to name it. And I just thought it was so weird that like, in this book, there was never any mention of the parts that are, you know, being used. It was always just like, and then rubbed, you know, like I could feel his sex in his pants. And it's like his sex or his dick. I'm like, come on, you guys. <laughs> it just felt very like crude. And uh, it's interesting because when I'm giving dick ratings, I'm going through the whole laundry list of like girth, length, color, veins. You know what I mean? And because yes. that's my rom- version of a romance novel. If you would give a recommendation, because I, I really want an ooey gooey book to read. I'm on this 75 hard challenge and I have to read 10 pages of a book every day. And oh. I think it has to be nonfiction, but I'll just, I'll read another one for that. But I would love to immerse myself. Like, I want a book that gets me fucking wet after reading these articles on the website. Yeah. So, well, one book I read recently that was better, but it's still classified as a romance. So there's still like the mm-hmm. happy ending bit. And it's a, it's not crude in the same way, but it's called um, You Made a Fool of Death with Your Beauty. Just like something that you don't want to put down, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a really, that was a page turner for sure. I liked that one a lot. I've been reading a ton lately too. And I really appreciate books that aren't billed as erotica or romance, but just have like really good sex writing. I actually did a post on Aurora a little bit ago on our Instagram that was listing out books that like, if I was going to do an erotica book club... These are the books that I would read. I will send you it if I can find it right now. I only have read one probably like, I guess, romance novel, if if you will. But um, I think that's something, again, we don't really like gravitate to all the time. But once you give it a try, it's like, holy shit, like it's a whole new world. But 
I want to, I want to quickly talk about the business side of things because sex is obviously amazing and everything, but with having this content subscription model of a website, how, how would you explain the complexity of, of income when you're not relying on advertisers or investors? Because I think from an entrepreneurial standpoint, if someone thinks that this could be a career they see themselves in or something they want to try as a side hustler or anything, like what advice would you give them on creating a website that is subscription based? And if there's really like challenges or joys or a little mixture of both? Yeah. So it is so much work. It is really hard work. But I think, you know, as a fellow slutrepreneur, you know that being free is so important and so inspiring. So yeah, I didn't want to have advertisers or investors or anybody telling me what type of content to publish. Like I really want to be true to my feelings, my gut, and like know what's important to share with my audience. So I don't ever want anybody to tell me what to do. I think like in terms of creating, you know, initially I wanted it to just be like free and accessible, but like I didn't have a business plan. I was like, oh, like that I'll figure out later. Um, And in the beginning, the site was just like open because I feel like everyone should just be able to access it the same way you do Pornhub. But that is not possible. So in order to like pay writers and pay myself a small amount, the subscription model is like, I think people are getting a little more used to paying for content and supporting individual creators. So that's really great. But mainly like if you identify as I did a gap in the market where like, this thing doesn't exist. If I want it, other people might want it too. And so if you're willing to go there and subscription model requires that you are going to deliver on a weekly or monthly or whatever basis. And that's like, as I mentioned, like when someone decides they don't want to publish their story, I'm like, fuck, like, it's like, wait a minute, you can't do that to me. Um, So it's kind of scary. And it's like, every week, it's a little bit like, you know, you're hoping for the best, you're hoping that good submissions come in, because if they don't, then I have to like pull something out from my past, you know? Well, that's kind of like your inventory, you know, so if it's like your supplier is low, then you then that's difficult. Yeah, yeah. And like, you know, you can create something amazing. But if nobody knows about it, then you're not gonna have those members to support it. So a big part of that is marketing, using social media, creating an email newsletter. But when it comes to sex stuff, you know, social media is not very friendly to um, our type of content. And so figuring out your way around that, I mean, that's the stuff that I didn't really think about in the beginning is like how difficult it would be. Oh, yes. (laughs) Yeah. So it's like, I knew that we had a long way to go. But now I'm like, wow, this is ridiculous. Like I'm getting things removed on Instagram for like a butt crack. And then like over on Playboy, there's just like, you know, they're like, uh, censoring the nipples, but it's like, you can still see everything. I'm like, why is this okay? And that's not I don't know. I don't know. Well, I'm I'm looking at your Instagram. And I think this is so important. Because even as people who may not even be sex workers, they just post things in the kink community. But even words these days, it used to not always be like this. Now you're having to like put emojis over the word, like clit or I think you used the word slit in one of your posts, but I'm seeing a lot of like censorship over just words and it's crazy, but congrats. You're almost at 20,000 followers. Like that's, that's an accomplishment in itself. But then again, every day you're worried, like if I post this, like, is it too risky? But if it is riskier, I'll get more engagement. And Mm -hmm. it's, it's so, so terrifying and difficult. And then they change the policies one day and then it's like all of your content (laughs) violates the policies and it drives me crazy. Yeah, it's really scary. It's like, what if they, you know, what if they just like removed or shut down my account because I 
violated too many times. And that is a major, you know, gateway to my content and my income. Mm -hmm. And like, it is really scary. And I think, you know, my learning is like to really try to build up your mailing list, because that's something that they can't take from you. And that's a way to directly reach people. So remembering to drive people to your newsletter, and then being regular about sending those out, I think that that's the way to go to protect yourself from social media and 100% 100% to all you sluts even if you are an OnlyFans model you can create an email list I know some mailing lists actually aren't sex friendly I learned this when MailChimp gave us the boot and that was awful you know, it's it's unbelievable. But based on what you know today about sex, what would you tell your younger self who's just beginning to explore her body? Mm, Yeah, I, I would say don't be afraid to be called a slut. I was always called a slut, but it used to be like such a bad thing. But now it's like, yeah, I'm a slut. (laughs) I like sex and I have it with a lot of people. Um, I wish I was freer when I was younger. Like I'm talking like high school age and Mm -hmm. just lean in to all the pleasure and all of my interests and desires. And I hope that I wish that for everyone that you never like cut yourself off or like try to refrain from something you want based on what other people will think and that you find your communities that accept you and and praise you for who you are. And yeah, man, I wish my mom had just given me a sex toy to figure it out. <laughs> it would have avoided so many problems for me. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, that should be something that's like a coming of age ritual, I think for for people with clits because like, yes, like erotica book vibrator. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we can all like, I feel like we should all buy a younger person a vibrator. (laughs) Like, everyone go out and do it. And even, you know, I have mothers messaging me sometimes for like, with my sex toy shop, they're like, what should I get for my daughter who's a beginner? Like, I don't want to make a big deal out of it. And part of me is like, you know, a we have tons of options. But at the same time, like, you don't even know if I mean, every person's different if you're clitoral stimulated or vaginally like by the G spot. So I'd love to create these little starter packs that have a little bit everything a little bit of ass play like, little guidebook that's not you know doesn't look like a recipe manual or something but I think that like you said a little starter kit that's you know it doesn't have to be covered in pink and glitter you know because again we're all different we just don't know what we like and anyways that's again that's a whole nother conversation but where can we find you on socials where can we stalk you plug yourself yes so Rita Roar is our Instagram r-e-a-d-a-u-r-o-r-e and that's also the site um we are on TikTok but like not really because that's one of the things like I'm like is it worth it to be on TikTok with all the because I know they're even kind of like weirder about sex stuff, right? I mean, you're big on TikTok. Tell me. Yeah, it's you just have to, again, find the ways to get around it using like you have to pretend like you're in kindergarten using language. I hate that. I hate it. At the same time, though, like sometimes that gets you viral and you you'll get traffic to the site and then, hey, your account gets shut down in a week and then you just do it all over again. I mean, I know (sighs) sex workers who have made over 100 TikTok accounts and they buy a new phone every time. So their IP address is different and everything. And they're like, it's just a business expense, but I can't just quit because 50% of my subscribers come from TikTok. So I've, you know, I had an account reach a million followers and I was like, I just can't jeopardize losing this account. So if I'm going to do anything risky, I'm going to do it on my backup account and everything that's, you know, pretty and pretty for brands can be on on this larger one. But it sucks because you work hard, you build your following to hit a million. And then you're like, well, I can't even be myself because I will risk losing my account. So you just have to make like, you know, make three TikToks bounce between them experiment with stuff, I think stitching other creators. So if you find something 
that someone else is risking on their account to do. And then you stitch it or you green screen it and you comment about it from an educational perspective. That's a very low risk thing you can Mm. do that will still gauge attention because you're commenting on something that already went viral. So that's something I encourage people to do a lot. You can also repost on TikTok now. So if you have a larger account and you're putting riskier things on a secondary account, you can just use your larger account to repost the smaller account so that the followers you have on the bigger bigger account are still seeing the riskier posts. So they don't police the reposts in the same way then? Correct. Because if they were to delete the video, it would be from the original account uh... that posted it instead of your account. So... So for our listeners, we have a special discount for you guys. Check out readaurora.com. And if you use code SLUT, you get a free week trial to read all of these sexy stories. And I also encourage you guys to check out the submission page because I know y'all got some down and dirty (laughs) things to talk about that the world needs to see. So Carly, thank you for giving us a peek in your pleasure chest. I wish you all of the success and sex. Thank you so much. This was so fun. Coming home. From far away, my childhood home is exactly as I remember it. Cream-colored stucco with dark brown trim. Its moldings fanciful. Curlicues pressed onto two square. Stacked stories that rise against the suburban sky. A tiny little cupola-like turret set towards the back like a lone birthday candle. When I was growing up, I thought it looked like a giant piece of caramel a building made of spun sugar and chocolate trimmings. But upon closer inspection, I see the dirty, forlorn, for sale sign is stuck in the lawn, which is still green, I'll bet with some weeds. The windows are caked with dirt and the mailbox is overstuffed with slick white envelopes sticking out from its metal craw. Despite these signs of neglect, the hedges are trimmed and the flower beds near the front door are freshly watered. I look up. A curtain on the second floor twitches, as if someone has pulled it closed. I go around to the back, my usual way, and open the fence quietly. I tiptoe across the patio, which is partially weeded, and see that someone has dusted off the ping-pong table. A single paddle and a can of beer sits on its green surface, as if it's abandoned mid-game. I pick up the can. It's half full and still cold beads of condensation rolling down its aluminum sides. I'm about to push open the sliding glass door when a voice says, I wouldn't. I look up. A man about my age is standing at the fence I just entered through. He's a little under six feet with the build of a former athlete, now slightly gone to seed. He holds his own can of beer. From the way he shifts his weight from foot to foot, I surmise he's a little drunk. His thick, wavy black hair is standing on in as if he just run his hands through. By the looks of it, he probably hasn't shaved for at least three days, and he wears a pair of very old jeans and a Joni Mitchell t-shirt. I sneak a couple longer glances at his face, taking in his crooked nose and wide, full lips. He looks familiar to me and somehow a little glamorous. I'm house-sitting for my folks next door, he says, before I have a chance to ask if he's the new renter. If the house is now his, I didn't want you to accidentally break and enter. His eyes are enormous, deep set in the gray amber color of smoky quartz. They send a thrill straight into the pit of my stomach. I remember you, I say. He invites me to join him for dinner. As he grills two steaks, he tells me about my old house, the car he sees parked out front sometimes, the fact that the garden is always watered. The more he talks, the more I remember about him and his family. The Solanos are seriously wealthy, so wealthy that it always surprised me growing up that they live next door to us. The father is some kind of fanciful consul who occasionally gets helicoptered into important meetings up and down the coast when traffic was bad, while his mother fancied herself a glamorous globetrotter. She used to host decorative-looking European exchange students every summer, usually from the major capitals, Madrid, Paris, Rome. I had been casual friends with Danny's adopted sister, who was my age. The Solanos had seen the long hours my parents worked and insisted on inviting me over for birthday parties, holiday celebrations, the occasional weekend in Joshua Tree or Laguna Niguel. I had been a free companion for both their exchange students and their daughter. I was sort of a foster child whom they could be monogamous toward without any real long-term commitment. I can count the number of times I've directly spoken to Danny before today on one hand. He was already a college freshman by the time I entered high school, and clearly thought of me as nothing more than a mildly annoying neighborhood kid. Nevertheless, I knew every detail about him as if he were a movie star, some kind of household god. Now that the man himself stands in front of me, taking a long, meditative pull of a joint, pinches the end between his forefinger and thumb, offering it to me. 
I shake my head. He shrugs, suit yourself. He returns to tending to the meat, and I watch him with hungry eyes. His shoulders are still broad and his arms muscled, but there's now a comfortable layer of padding over his chest and belly, although he does bear the weight with almost regal nonchalance. His gain looks good on him, lending some gravitas to his still boyish face. He has the most beautiful hands I've ever seen on a man, and that same lazy grin that had that had flipped some switch inside me back when I was a teenager all those years ago. During the Solano get-togethers when he'd been in attendance, my body always seemed to know when he was within a 20-foot radius. So I wonder now, as I sit and watch him, how obvious my crush was. I wonder if he was flattered or annoyed by it. So what do you do, he says. I'm sitting on the low wall next to the barbecue, idly kicking the heels of my sneakered feet against the bricks, as if I'm still 16 rather than 32. I wish I'd worn something different. After dumping my boxes at my best friend's house, I was filled with so much buzzy adrenaline that I just pulled on the first clean thing I could find, which was a faded old cotton sundress that reached my ankles. Its thin spaghetti straps don't really complement my ratty-looking converses, but I've been comfortable and cool as I've taken the bus from Los Angeles to my hometown in Pasadena carrying the heavy bags of essentials. I play music, I say. This time when he proffers the joint, I take it gladly, placing it between my lips and sucking so hard that the ember at the opposite end glows like a dragon's eye. Danny stands up. Oh yeah, he says. What instrument? A few different ones, I say, my voice tight as I try to hold on to the smoke. Piano, drums, bass, guitar. (sighs) I exhale. Huh? He says. He hands me the joint again. I watch as he carefully hangs the tongs on the handle of the barbecue and walks over to where I sit. I say nothing as he pushes my legs apart so he can stand between them. He slides the skirt of my dress upward slowly, so slowly, to bare my legs. He pulls the top of my dress down. I wore no bra, and I don't really need one, but he rubs his thumb across my nipple as my eyes grow wide. I blow a long plume of smoke over his head to hide my nerves. He bends his head back to kiss the hard bud and runs his knuckles up my inner thigh once, twice, three times, tracing the seam of my pussy with a tender, curious touch. He pulls back and looks at me, his face amused. I'm as surprised as he is at how wet I've become. Subscribe to readaroar.com to continue reading and make sure to use code SLUT for a free week trial. Bye, guys. It's the end of the show, so time to plug myself and pay some bills. So lube up. If you want to keep the show going and learn more about myself and my empire, you can check more out at professionalgoddess.com. My YouTube, mentorships, ebook series, and everything else is linked in the description of this episode, as always. And remember, every time you leave a five-star review, a slutchpreneur has an orgasm. So keep the big O's coming. Connect with your fellow girl gang in the Sletchpreneur Squad Facebook group at cehose.com. That's cehose.com. You can also just search Professional Goddesses in the Facebook search bar and it should come right up. Plus, we have a Discord chat, which is our triple X chat to help our fellow sluts out. You can get this link through the Facebook group or just shoot me an email. We'll get you in there. And lastly, if you want to get all up inside me, Follow my free OnlyFans at Rebecca Blue with two Ks and my explicit page at Rebecca Rabbit. Now, all you have to do is put in OnlyFans.com backslash my username. I also offer shout outs, which can be purchased at RebeccaBlue.com or just private message me on OnlyFans. So I hope you have a wonderful rest of the day. And as always, refuse to be anything but successful. Go make that money, honey. I'll see you queens next Wednesday. Bye.